Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. State lawmakers have approved Governor Newsom's bill, which is attempting to increase transparency of the oil industry in the state. It would allow the California Energy Commission to impose penalties through a regulatory process if the agency believes oil companies are making excessive profits from gas prices. Here's Bay Area Assemblywoman Nancy Skinner during yesterday's assembly hearing. The amount we were charged for a gallon of gasoline was higher than charged to anyone in any other state. Now, some of you may think, well, that's normal. It is not normal when on average that higher price was $2.61 higher than what other states paid. But Eloy Garcia, a lobbyist for the Western States Petroleum Association, says the problem is supply and not the oil companies. The bill that you're rushing through the process adds bodies, adds bureaucracy at the California Energy Commission, adds audit requirements, adds penalties. What it does not do is add supply. Governor Newsom is expected to sign the bill this week. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. California's crisis support centers want to better serve Native Americans in need. But right now, less than 1% of calls to the 988 crisis line are from Native people. Cap Radio's healthcare reporter Kate Wolf has the details. California has the largest number of American Indian and Alaska Native people in the U.S., up to 1.4 million when counting people of mixed race. The group has the second highest rate of suicide in the state, behind white people. Virginia Hendrick directs the California Consortium for Urban Indian Health. She says Native people may not be calling 988 because of cultural differences in how they express feelings of distress. Many of us have a cultural belief that once you speak about something, you're speaking life into it. You speak power into it. 
Assemblymember James Ramos believes many Native people experience psychological pain related to historical trauma, and counselors must be aware of that. Having the infrastructure is important because we need to know uh, when someone calls that they're reaching out and talking to somebody that they can relate to. Ramos supports creating a 988 option for Native callers to be linked with Native volunteers. That model is already in place in Washington state. For The California Report, I'm Kate Wolf. If you or someone you know is in crisis, help is available by calling 988. A state task force developing proposals to provide reparations for Black Californians is nearing the end of its work. The panel met in Sacramento earlier this month, and it faces a June deadline to send recommendations to the legislature to compensate Black residents for the harms dating back to slavery. And the California state legislature, well, it has its own pro-slavery history. KQED politics reporter Guy Marzarotti dove into that and joins me now. Guy, most kids in California learn in the fourth grade that the state entered the Union in 1850 as a free state. What was the role of slavery in California's founding? Yeah, so slavery was a foundational issue in California's entrance into the Union. California was admitted as part of this compromise between supporters of slavery, opponents of slavery, the Compromise of 1850. And at California's Constitutional Convention, this was debated. Um, the delegates ultimately did ban slavery in California, but we know from historians that, you know, before statehood, hundreds of enslaved black people were brought to the state, many to dig for gold during the gold rush. And what are some of the ways in which the state legislature supported the expansion of slavery? So first, the California Fugitive Slave Act passed in 1852, really at the behest of a lot of supporters of slavery in the legislature. As historian Stacy Smith told me, if you were a slave brought to California at the height of the gold rush, like 1849, you could basically be captured and extradited all the way until 1855. So just this like era of terror for black people living in the state, even though it was technically a free state. The second action I looked at took place in 1854. And this was a resolution uh, passed by the legislature in support of the Kansas-Nebraska Act. So that was a federal law that allowed the expansion of slavery into new territories. Super controversial. It was a huge spark for the Civil War. And the California legislature actually supported it. And then, you know, beyond those two actions, there's the fact that we know there were California legislators who held slaves. I looked at one state senator, James Estill. He was instrumental in getting the California Fugitive Slave Act passed. At the same time, he was enslaving more than a dozen people at his farm in Solano County. Wow. And you tracked down one of James Estill's descendants, right? That's right. So this is this guy named Sean Ryan. Uh, had a pretty unique upbringing. He says he spent a lot of time in his childhood in what he described as a religious cult. So by the time he got out of that and finally enrolled in high school, he really didn't have any sense of U.S. history. He told me about learning of the Trail of Tears and the first time he was in a U.S. history class and just breaking down crying because he had like never heard of any, you know, any of the history, what the U.S. government had done to Native people. And just he was came in kind of totally unaware of U.S. history. Um, so after that, he became hooked. He did a lot of research into his own family history. That's how he learned about his great, great, great grandfather, James Estill, that slaveholding state senator, who, by the way, also founded San Quentin Prison. Crazy. Oh and how are lawmakers who are currently serving in the legislature grappling with this history? Yeah, it's been crickets for the most part, honestly. Uh, I talked to State Senator Stephen Bradford. He also serves on the Reparations Task Force. He said 
he hasn't heard from a single legislator about this interim report that the reparations task force put out. He even said, I doubt if anyone's taken much time to read it. Um, And this report details not just like, you know, the history, all the institutional racism black people face in California, but also some recommendations. And we actually have seen some of those recommendations you know, reflected in some bills introduced in the legislature this year. That includes bills to remove language from California's constitution, which allows for involuntary servitude, and also another bill that would let Californians in state prison vote. So we'll definitely be watching the outcome of of a few of those bills. Awesome. Thanks, Guy. My pleasure. And that's the California Report for Tuesday, March 28th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Paint Care. Now with 846 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. The James Irvine Foundation. Accepting nominations now for the 2024 James Irvine Foundation Leadership Awards at irvineawards.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes 11th Hour Racing, working to connect sustainability with sport to help restore ocean health, on the web at 11thHourRacing.org. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Dilfetah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures. Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast. And I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! <laughs>